Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RV Podcast 388. Yep, and this week we are celebrating 10 years, 10 years, a decade of traveling the country in our RV. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Wendland. This is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, Michael. How are you? I am doing wonderful. How could I not be great? I mean, <laughs> the sun's shining. It's a beautiful day. We are in Florida. We are in the um, area known as the Big Bend area, and that's where the Florida Gulf Coast kind of makes a big turn down to the rest of the Southern Peninsula from the Panhandle. And uh, we're actually out here, we're checking out um, some RV property that uh, is for sale. Uh, I just found out they only have, they only have 10, or no, they have eight lots left. Hmm. That's how fast they have sold. They're, they're kind of like uh, two miles from the coast. And uh, we got a tip from some of our readers and then we contact the company. They invite us down to take a look. So we took a look. We'll have a video on that coming up in, uh, in a week or two. But, uh, Meantime, we're having a great time exploring this area. We've been here before. What do they call this? Besides uh, the Big Bend, it's uh, the Forgotten Coast. Mm -hmm. Forgotten Coast is what I thought its name was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people have called it. In, it's uh, uh, very pretty. It's like old Florida. Yeah, it's uh, laid back, uh, very friendly. Um, it, it's great so you'll, you'll get a kick out of it when you see the video but uh, that's where we are and uh, we're having a great uh, place we'll put a link in the show notes for this episode at rvlifestyle.com to that property we're checking out it's a place called Gulf Mists Landing and like I say they have eight lots left and of course we're uh, recording this episode on uh, uh, March uh, 23rd being released March 23rd 2022 so I don't know how long those eight lots will last. But anyway, we're having fun looking at property. This is a big trend. Um, and we've had a lot of people ask us about how our property in Tennessee is coming. And uh, we've made more progress on that. We now have three RV pads uh, flattened out and ready to go. We've got septic and we've got water in. We're waiting for electricity. That's going to be short, uh, short from now. And then... Uh, we think we're going to put some concrete down on one of our pads, right? I, I think so. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Hey, it's officially springtime, so welcome everybody to, to spring. Uh, it's, it's pretty nice weather down here, except for one thing. We did our live Ask Us Anything this week from, um, from the coast, from the Big Bend coast, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. But what you couldn't see... No seams. <laughs> No seams. And they were mean little guys. Yeah, somebody asked us uh, if no seams in Florida were worse than mosquitoes in Michigan. And we, and had, we, we said yes, because the mosquitoes, you can see, yeah. they stand a chance. Yeah, it's a fairer exchange because you, you know what it's getting you, but those, those no seams. It was so bad, they literally drove us into the RV. We, we left the outside, we were showing you the beautiful area. <laughs> we, we went in. But that's a, 
a That's brief another time. story. It's not forever. They and don't have I think them. everywhere in the country, there's always some insect that comes with spring. Yep. Hey, we want to tell everybody there's a new giveaway. As you know, we are always doing these giveaways where we have uh, products that we have checked out that we uh, that we like. And uh, this is a this is a great one. This is uh, the time of year everybody's getting their RV ready for uh, a brand new camping season. And one of the things that you should do is replace the uh, whatever treatment uh, you use for your black tanks. You should replace that. And uh, we have a you know every season you start with new stuff, and we are starting with a product uh, that's called Thank Tank. And uh, we're giving away. The, the company that makes them is giving away four of them to our followers. Uh, just go to rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes and uh, you can uh, you can get these. These are really neat uh, uh, black tank uh, deodorizing treatments. They have uh, all natural ingredients and uh, they prevent uh, undesirable bacteria from developing and they, uh, they actually help the proliferation of uh, beneficial bacteria to break down and uh, and destroy that waste that's in those tanks and yet uh, make it so they don't stink. <laughs> so if I'm understanding this right, maybe what you were using last season, you opened the container and so it loses its effectiveness yeah, over yeah. time? Yeah, if you've had your unit in storage, if it's been cold and over time, you want to start. And maybe you left those chemicals you know, yeah. that container in your rig so it's been the different changes in weather it diminishes its effectiveness yep. so start off the new season with a fresh can and we're suggesting what they use yep yep um, it is a story that came out today that I think was pretty interesting uh, we all know uh, how busy uh, national parks are and how they have uh, tried to control crowds by requiring a reservation uh, and that that reservation uh, would require a timed ticket to enter the national parks. That's what we have seen uh, started last year. Well, uh, now we've seen starting to see state parks do the same thing. And it was a popular park in California or in uh, Colorado. The El Dorado Canyon State Park have now done the same thing. They've implemented a timed entry system for weekends and holidays in a hope uh, uh, to um, better manage visitors. Uh, so it's, uh, it's proof, I guess, that these overwhelming crowds uh, are, are for camping and outdoor recreation are continuing even, even despite the gas prices. <laughs> Crazy. Can, can you imagine the pressure that puts on us as we're traveling from point A to point B and there's construction or an accident and you're like, I got to get there, I got to get there. Uh, yeah, I can't you get in. You lose your spot. Yeah. If you don't, oh my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't have your your time to ticket, if you're not there, goes to somebody else. Whoa. So, yeah, it is a problem. Yeah. It really is. So. It, yeah, it takes some of the joy out of it. Hey, last week we talked about Starlink, the uh, constellation of low orbiting Earth satellites that brings incredibly high-speed internet uh, available uh, 100 bucks a month uh, 500 bucks for their system and we had a long post a long uh, post on the blog rvlifestyle.com and we had our podcast 387 all devoted to uh, some new advances in Starlink and how RVers are using it and how it's starting to open up for mobile use and uh, anyway the thing I want to talk about is I got my system I ordered it <laughs> Uh, oh, I got my system. I got my system in six days. I ordered it and had it shipped to our Florida condo. 
and uh, I hope we're having so much fun here in the Big Bend so I don't know if I'm gonna get back there to activate it in time but we're hoping uh, to do that this week and uh, we'll have videos and talk about it but this Starlink thing has really got me excited uh, we did our video last night live from the Forgotten Coast out on the Gulf and you know sometimes when we're doing these live things if the connection is not strong on the internet you know it gets a little fuzzy and it was a little fuzzy and I hate that I'm kind of a perfectionist about all this stuff Starlink that won't happen but again it's not quite available everywhere but it's available enough now that, that we're gonna give it a try so we'll let you know Wow that's so that's that is very exciting that's pretty good a uh, piece of email that came in. I just wanted to share, and then we'll uh, we'll get ready to uh, talk about uh, some of the things we've noticed that are different now than they were when we started RVing. This is from Tamara, and she says, "Well, after 12 weeks, I ordered my F350, and I then received the cancellation notice from Ford saying they couldn't build it. So I reordered an F250 a month and a half ago, and then uh, Facebook." Uh, had an ad pop up for a local dealer with the 2019 Ram 2500 Hemi 62,000 miles gorgeous great price I called picked it up Saturday so camping will happen this year plus leaving our F-250 I'm gonna leave it on order and I'll use it as a, uh, this new uh, uh, Dodge as a trade-in if we decide to swap them out but since the order could take a year to get the new truck uh, this was a must find so that I've had a lot of people talking to us about the unavailability of trucks and we have been shopping just trying to get an idea because one of the things we're considering for our next uh, RV or actually for an additional RV is is getting a fifth wheel which we could leave at our property in Tennessee and if we find some property in Michigan we could leave it there and then still be traveling with our our class uh, our class C behind us so I've been looking at trucks and it is almost impossible to get a new truck. There's hard to get some, as some RVs with up to a year's wait. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I, I never thought I would see that day. Yeah, uh, we're from Detroit, of course. That's <laughs> our hometown, uh, the automobile capital of the world. And we just aren't avail unaware of this. And we should have been because, you know, we drive by the Palace of Auburn Hills where they used to be. They tore that down, they moved basketball downtown. but. That whole parking lot is filled with trucks waiting for chips, chips to come in, those microchips. So I have been trying to find one. I really have been trying to find a truck and seeing if that's, you know, is that something we want to do? And I have been unable now in a month and a half of shopping. Now, I, there are some used trucks. There are used, but they're incredibly expensive. Like like a fairly loaded 2,500, three quarter ton is, is 60,000 bucks or more. I priced out Saturday a new truck, a new F-250, and I'm even going to name the dealer. It was Gary Smith Ford in uh, uh, in um, uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Eighty thousand dollars sticker price mm -hmm. for a new F-250, and they had one in stock. I shouldn't say it. Somebody's going to go get it. I'm eighty sure thousand. Yeah, eighty thousand dollars, and uh, and that's just amazing. And the sales guy told me that uh, on Saturday said that, well, you know, we could charge a, a, a premium of up to 20,000 bucks on this thing. And that's what many dealers are doing. You know, if they, what few new ones they get, they're charging a premium for them. So anyway, needless to say, I didn't buy a $100,000 truck, but it is a problem. 
it is a problem. Just add that with RVs. So uh, uh, used values are right up there, but man, 60 grand for a five-year-old truck. I'm glad you didn't pay an extra 20,000 for that truck. It would have been hard enough to get your bride to agree to 80,000. I know, I know. Let alone throw on 20 more. Well, the story's not over yet, so we'll let you know. There's a lot of noise if you're wondering. We're at a campground. This is, uh, that's a tractor going by. They're doing some, some uh, spring gardening and he's carrying a load of, um, I don't know, what looks like even mulch. Bo, even Bo's upset about yeah, this. Bo's, Bo's, Bo's has to get out so, there and uh, see what's going so on. So forgive the noise. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about how things have changed uh, in the 10 years that we, 10 years this month that we have been doing uh, the RV lifestyle. So stay with us. Are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be for you. Jennifer and I recently bought some property just west of Nashville from a great company in Tennessee that specializes in large acreage RV property. They're called Tennessee Land and Lakes. You can check them out at myrvland.com. The scenery and the setting is breathtaking and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can garden, landscape, bring your pets, your friends. It's big acreage in a private setting. There's high-speed fiber optic internet connection along with utilities, a wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations and it's ready whenever you want to be there. Prices for big acreage start at only $79,900 plus you get us as your neighbors. There's financing available and some really friendly staff to work with. Visit myrvland.com. That is myrvland.com. You'll be glad you did. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back to the RV Lifestyle. And like we said, we are celebrating 10 years of doing this, being on the road, having fun, having adventures. Our first trip was 10 years ago this week. And what a wonderful trip it was. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was in a, a, a 2006 Road Trek RS Adventurous that we had bought used. And it was down here to Florida. And our first night, I stayed at the Findlay Walmart. Do you remember that? <laughs> Findlay, Ohio. You know, I had forgotten about that trip to Florida. I was thinking our first trip, our first major adventure was when we went out west to Yellowstone. Well, that and was... every stop we made along the way it was so much fun. Sorry about the noise. It's uh... that guy's fault right there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going by with that truck and, uh, and there's not much we now can do about your... it camera off me and on you <laughs> yeah it's on you so um 10 years we have been doing this and it has really been a lot of fun 
but there have been a lot of changes and we thought we would just reflect on some of the things that we've noticed about particularly uh, RV travel on the road on the road and let, let's start with with the, the, the gorilla the in the room the elephant in yeah yeah uh, and that is the gorilla in the room or the elephant in the room I guess fuel prices fuel prices <laughs> No one can deny that. The fuel prices are crazy. The highest that we've seen and I don't see any sign of it coming down in any way whatsoever. And I, what do you want to say? I was going to say yesterday we filled up and the first time that ever happened to me I put my credit card in and I, I had, I, this thing takes about 22 gallons and it stopped at uh, $75. It's like there's a maximum fee that it would authorize up to $70. $75. And I didn't fill it all the way up. We've never experienced that before. I, but I remember the first time I filled up that 10-year-old RV. Yeah. Cost me $72. In fact, there's an old post on the blog and a photo I pushed someplace saying, wow, this is expensive. It was diesel. Now it would be even more money than that. It would cost me at uh, five bucks, 22 gallons. We're talking over a hundred dollars to fill up just that. If the, if that was diesel, this happens to be gas. So um, so that is the first thing. And, and and I I can understand that because that's a small mom and pop gas station that we stop by and. In case somebody's got a bad credit card, I don't know how that affects them. A lot of hassle, I would think, to try to get your money back. So fuel prices, that's the big change. And we have seen over 10 years, they kind of go up and they go down, but um, they have not been terrible. Uh, I don't know, uh, here comes that truck I think again. they're gonna be doing that. So we'll just ignore it. Yeah, I'm hoping that this doesn't make our uh, audio too bad because the guy's working really hard at this uh, this is a KOA in Perry, Florida, and uh, he's just going back and forth, uh, <laughs> loading up stuff, cleaning the place up, planting spring flowers, making it nice. But um, so fuel prices is obviously the biggest change, and and, uh, and that is a negative. But uh, you know, people keep asking, say, "Oh, are we going to? Are people going to stop?" I think it'll have some effect on a few. But uh, for us, we're just going to be a little bit more intentional about the trips, but we do not intend to stay put in one location. Uh, we are eternal optimists, and uh, while there's no sign of it going down a lot, it will. Because always, what goes up goes down. And doesn't it usually go down right around election time? Haven't we learned that? <laughs> so fuel prices. The second thing, and, and we talked about this yesterday as we were driving uh, I-10. Florida and this is something we've noticed across the country it's uh, the speed even though a lot of places the speed limit has gone up from 65 70 to 75 or even more if you're out west but people are driving crazy I mean they're going 90 the I, 90, 90 is almost plus. the new norm and weaving in and out I mean it's dangerous I mean we're sounding really old now aren't we well but reckless drivers yeah. And uh, lack of what I call manners. People who, um, you know, somebody's got to merge. Well, you got to do your best to move over. Somebody's pulled over, changing a tire the side of the road. You need to pull over, give them some space. But a lack of manners. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with these folks? I'm, I'm wondering if driver's ed isn't doing a good enough job. I don't job know. Maybe they don't parenting. have driver's education You know, because it used to be parents took their kids out a lot. And I mean, I'm a pretty aggressive driver. Hey, you know, I... 
seldom am under 70 and you know I I'm not gonna admit to anything that can get me in trouble here but I'm a pretty aggressive driver but this is crazy 90 miles an hour and you know there's no patience it's like our whole culture you know I mean there's no patience you know look at social media if you say anything you know somebody's always no matter what you say somebody's yelling and screaming at you and I think we see that on the highways and that's uh, that's that's disconcerting to me to see such reckless behavior out there and we also are noticing more accidents yeah there it's, are a lot of accidents yeah. uh, one of the other changes oh, the distracted driving it, it used to be uh, you know cell phones but now people are, are reading, you know, emails and they're things. They're reading texts. And it makes it hard because, like, my watch lets me know when I get a text. You kind of look down and say, oh, oh, you know, but, you, you know, we shouldn't be reading our texts when we're driving. Yeah. It, it, so it, it, I, I think cell phones are people talking on the phone. Is yeah, it used to be 10 years ago. It was hands-free driving. Well, they made it hands-free, but um, people are still pushing buttons to listen to texts or they're looking at their watches or they're looking at their screens and uh, there's a lot more distracted driving. And these new, this new technology in cars, a lot of that is distracting too, like the car that we, our family car at home. Trying to adjust the temperature and everything, it's just, it's not as easy as it used to be. Just turn a knob, now we have to do this and that. And All these different buttons. What's supposed buttons, yeah. to make it easier really makes it harder. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, so, okay, so those are some of the some of the negatives that we've noticed but but overall uh, we want to tell you in 10 years it's become an incredibly positive experience for us um, and we also want to say that we have no plans of coming off the road the one thing I'm noticing and maybe it's because we've been doing this for 10 years now is I've noticed how many uh, people are coming in off the road a lot of other people who are doing what we do now uh, when we started we were there were only a couple of others that were doing videos and stuff and mm -hmm. then the podcast now it's like hundreds of them but they seem to be really active for a few years and then they're gone and uh, uh, many of them have come in off the road we uh, those are full-timers I think and I think full-timers tend to burn out we are half to three-quarter timers and uh, we're, we just want to say right up now, we're more excited about this lifestyle than we ever were before. So uh, we're, we're not coming on off the road. One of the nicest things that uh, we'll say is that um, there are more, and we notice this along the highway, more RV friendly rest areas. Yeah, and I'm thinking like in Ohio and the Turnpike, how they even have nice spots to uh, get electricity plug and in. water, plug yeah. in. And, a lot and they're of, away from kind of the hustle and bustle and yeah, private. Yeah, I mean, that is really nice. And, uh, I mean, you pay for that. You pay a fee to spend the night there. I guess there $20. And, it's and, very uh, reasonable. But that's, it's good. It's wonderful. I wish every state had that. But uh, just it is easier to yep. camp. And that's uh, that that's particular area is the Ohio um, Turnpike. Mm -hmm. And we've really noticed that. But even across the rest of the country, more uh, more um, rest areas are putting in dump sites, for example. Yes. Which is really a, a great thing for boondockers because you know one of the problems boondockers is where do you empty your tanks? And many times you can find now in many states uh, rest areas. So that has been a big change. Um, diesel is more available. I remember our first uh, couple of years. It was always a little bit of an adventure to find diesel. We used apps and stuff, but they weren't always very accurate. And we'd get off the road. And I remember 
You remember that time, I think it was Iowa? It said diesel or gas to the left. Great, so we got off and we kept driving and it was like 10 miles off the freeway to get this gas and we needed it. We got in on fumes, but it, it, there were times that diesel was really hard to get. Yeah, don't ever let it go down <laughs> to the, see how low it can go. Remember that time in Texas, you were driving on fumes. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept, you, I, you, that was the time where you said, shouldn't we get gas? I said, ah, we can keep going. And we, it yeah. was, it was yeah. wide open. I, I think you have more of a spirit of adventure of, uh, I, I, one of our, <sighs> one of our children has that tendency to see yes. Yes. if he can get by on fumes. But that's a good positive. Uh, diesel is more available. Um, we kind of talked about technology being a distraction, but we also want to say that overall how technology has made this lifestyle much easier. Uh, particularly things like uh, Apple CarPlay, uh, Android Auto that plugs right into the screen now on your, uh, your vehicle dashboard, uh, whether it's a motorhome or whether it's a uh, vehicle that you're using to tow. That is so nice. Uh, I use the app Waze, W-A-Z-E. It is so good because it alerts you way ahead of time to any uh, traffic mishaps. It's always live. I mean, it's good. I mean, pothole or you know different oh yeah yeah just things that then you're like okay i better pay attention especially this time of year yeah we, we drive i-40 from nashville to our property in tennessee towards memphis uh a lot and uh this spring has been a mess uh, well, i should say this spring because it's only been spring for three <laughs> days but the last couple of months how's that it's been a mess and Waze has saved me my tires <laughs> because it alerts us pothole ahead a quarter mile and uh so we're we're alert and that kind of technology uh is great you're not looking at the screen you're hearing it on your uh on your entertainment device uh I think that is just a big plus. It really is a plus to have that because I'm thinking in Michigan where the potholes get big and where sometimes you'll see car after car after car lined up on the side of the road because there was a pothole. And with that comes the question I used to get all the time, yeah, but what about cell phone coverage? Well, that is the other big positive we've noticed in a decade of traveling the roads of, uh, of America. And that is that uh, cell, phone, cell phone coverage now is pretty much ubiquitous everywhere. Good, solid cell phone. Granted, like last night's live shot, it probably uh, could be a little more robust on the upload speeds. But still, uh, we have found in the last year, I don't think there's been any place we've camped that we didn't have good cell phone coverage. With that, we no longer need to have a cell phone booster. We used to have boosters on our RV, and for almost two years now, we have not had a booster. And just our cell phones or our little MiFi card or the system I'm using with a, a PepWave, a router in there, it's getting very adequate cell phone coverage just about everywhere. So that is a big positive as well. And the last thing we want to talk about is, uh, is how 10 years of travel has given us uh, just a real uh, appreciation for North America, but particularly the U.S., where, where you know, we do most of our traveling, and particularly with COVID, where we've been for the last two years. There's a saying that familiarity breeds contempt. We have found that that's just the opposite is true, that familiarity brings comfort. 
I really do feel like this whole country is mine. It's our I, neighborhood, the whole country. I, I love every state and I have things that I like in each state and I can't wait to go back and experience this, that or the other thing. And I'll hear something on the news and I'll say, oh yeah. And you picture you know, that area. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like we get homesick. Uh, for different parts of the country. Like right now, I'm feeling a homesickness for uh, the, the mountains of Montana. Uh, and uh, we do the same thing for Florida. We love the state of Florida. We do the same thing for Michigan and its upper peninsula and these different regions of the country that we have visited. The first few years, like I think a lot of our viewers, we, we just wanted to take it all in at once, just like drinking from the water hose. Yeah, I think that was was a major fault that we just moved yeah, too fast. But we always had a reason. We had to be back for this, that, or yeah. the other thing. It seems like there was always a schedule. And I'm really, we keep saying this every year, but I think we are going to do it now. Slow we, down. We have slowed down. And what our goal for 2022, we always have a little conversation at the start of the year. What our goal for 2022 is to sort of stay in different areas a little longer. I guess the bottom line is taking your time, slowing down, enjoying instead of rushing to see the next spot. And I think the absolute best part is that we have made friends all across this country. Yes. Um, and our bucket list continues to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, we I just, think it's gotten bigger. It has gotten bigger. <laughs> and we realized when we first started, we wanted to check everything off the bucket list immediately. And now we realize, okay, we'll try that this year. We'll do this next year. So 10 years of travel, uh, those are some of the things we noticed. A lot of that dealt with traveling on the road. And we'll talk in future episodes about some of the things we've noticed in 10 years about camping and boondocking and different parts of the country. But it's been a, a great decade and we're starting the second one. All right, 10 more years. You got it. All right, uh, when we come back, a couple of the questions of the week. Stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. All right, welcome back everybody to uh, the RV podcast episode 388 and a couple questions that came in this week we want to get to. Um, first one from um, uh, one of our followers named Reen and she said, my boyfriend and I are 70. There you go. Retired and ready to travel. Should we rent first to make sure RV life is for us? Looking at class C, sleeps four to six. What are your thoughts? Go for it. I mean, um, I, I guess you could rent first. Yeah, I would. And uh, have you ever uh, camped in the past? Right, that's the question. I mean, are you going to live in this? You just are you, are you thinking of moving into this Class C and living in it full time, or you just want adventure getaways? 
Yeah, that's the question that, that we would, uh, would need an answer to really give you a recommendation. If you've never, what we don't want you to do is just sell everything and just buy an RV and say, that's it, we're gonna live in this from now on. You really need to go out there and explore and find out if the lifestyle is for you. And the best way to do that is to experience it. Uh, and I don't think you could even rent for a weekend and say, yep, this is for us. You need to really take a long trip. Uh, if you can borrow one or rent one, uh, do that. Or if you're gonna buy one, you got a good deal, don't sell your sticks and bricks until you've taken a couple of long trips and so you know. But uh, 70 is the new 50, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it is though. I mean that is uh yeah. there's you know, no reason to stop. There's no reason Everybody's to stop. Everybody's different and go. So uh so go just make sure you that you know what the lifestyle involves and it's not just watching a couple of YouTube videos, it's going out and, and trying it yourself. Alright, question from Dana. It says thanks for all the great information. Uh, I have a question. I have left my pets in my RV many times over the years and I've never had any problems. I live in Florida. Why is leaving your dog at home alone in a house any different than my RV? And yes, our air conditioner is always running. First thing is, an RV is like a car and you know how quickly a car heats up. And an RV is the same. It heats up, what? 20, 30 degrees and it's, no time whatsoever? Uh, inside a vehicle with the sun shining, the inside temperature will be up more than 40 degrees higher than the outside temperature. And it happens That's kind really of the quick. average. So uh, on a 70 degree day, that can be 110 degrees inside your vehicle. That's not like that in your house. And uh, we humans sweat and we can regulate our body temperatures. Uh, dogs don't, you know, they really can't do that as efficiently as humans. So it, it, they're called death traps by veterinarians. You put your car in it. Uh, extreme heat is deadly to a dog in a very quick period of time. And yes, you leave your RV air conditioner on, but what if it goes out? What and if it goes out? My nightmare is that you've got it plugged in and that goes out for Somebody any of a number of reasons. Somebody runs through campsite and they pull the plug out. Uh, or it breaks. They break all the time. Ask any RV mobile tech. That's the number one thing they're called to fix is broken air conditioners. Uh, this is why 31 states now have laws on the books making it a criminal offense uh, to leave an animal unattended inside uh, a vehicle. Now they have different laws about what can be done, but in essence, almost all of them mean that your dog, that somebody is is uh, is isolated from any penalty if they break into your vehicle to rescue your dog. And yes, if your air is running and they broke in and uh, it was running and everything's fine, they still are covered because they thought your dog was in danger. So uh, I'm just telling you that it's not a good idea to leave your pets unattended. For a little bit of time, yes, but not to go on a three-hour hike, uh, maybe to go out for dinner, that's probably okay, but uh, you should have some backup. In our case, we have a product called uh, Waggle, which is a, a pet monitoring thing that'll alert me on my, my cell phone uh, to the temperature uh, inside the RV at any time. And if it goes to a certain, certain uh, level, 
I get an alert, immediate alert. But we're never more than, you know, just a minute or so from our RV, usually. usually. I'm thinking if your dog's like our dog, Bo, in the back it's cooler, he'll sit in the front, shotgun or driver's seat normally. Somebody was taking a picture of him yesterday. Yes, yes. Uh, and people have done that before. He sits there like he owns the thing, looking around. And that's the hottest part in the vehicle. <laughs> I guess we could put a drape up or something so that he yeah. wouldn't sit there and look out. But he sits there and he's panting, his tongue's hanging out. And, and we were actually in the vehicle. We were uh, just a couple of rows back having, yeah. having lunch. But they were, that was at a restaurant. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, we have left him with a card in the window saying this vehicle is being monitored. You yeah. know, there's a sticker and everything. But It's a dicey thing. Bottom line, 31 states have laws against that. So um, uh, whether you like it or not, that's the reality of it. And uh, it, is, it can be extremely dangerous for your dog. Uh, yes, your air conditioning's been working, but what if it didn't, and what if you couldn't get back in time? And uh, luckily we have the two of us, because we have been in situations where you get to go sightsee, and then you come back with the dog, then I get to go look around. It's not fun. It's not ideal. We prefer being together, and, that, yeah. and we are always telling people the realities of traveling with the pet. For example, do you know what you have to do this? Look on the right side of Bo. He found something to roll around with. We were checking out that property there. Oh, Bo. Yeah, he found something All stinky. right, so we are uh, done with this podcast. We are going to go wipe Bo off. Okay, okay. But you got to say the other part of Bo. There's a whole fenced-in area the other side of our rig. It's something new. That oh, I've yeah, never KOA seen it before. It. Yeah. Where they're by our lot that we rented there's this great big fenced in area Bo does not want to be there no. we are at a picnic table he is as close to me as he can get in the shade of the picnic table yeah. and he's even had to brush up against me a couple times maybe that's because he's got stink on him yeah. <laughs> <No>. dogs <laughs> got her yeah hey thank you guys for watching we would love to hear from you questions comments uh, anything uh, our email address directly to us our personal email is mike and jen at rvlifestyle.com We'll be back next week with more. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, as Jennifer always says, happy trails.